0: Hi everybody, this is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives and change hearts. Hi everybody, it's Linda Gunner. So excited for you to be back in our brand new studio where now we are able to have guests and I cannot wait to introduce you to who we have here today. You are not going to believe the significance and the impact that this one young gentleman has had on the entire ministry of Love Him, Love Them. I want to welcome you if this is your first time here with us. Love Him, Love Them. How in the world did we come up with that? Well, that's the answer that Jesus gave when the attorney said, hey, what do I got to do to get into heaven? And he said, all you need to do is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then he threw in that other part, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what most of us struggle with, isn't it? To be able to love the thems in our lives. We work here in the United States in Northeast Georgia and also in the country of Haiti, serving widows and orphans. Um, Mostly in the country of Haiti, we have schools and orphanages and a vocational school. We even opened a hospital in the middle of a global pandemic. I also wanna make sure you know, we have a brand new book out, Miracles with Mommy Linda, please be sure to go to our website to learn about how you can become involved with us as we give you opportunities to love Him and love them. Now, without any further ado, I cannot wait to introduce to you today my American son, Fred Antoine. If you've listened to the show at all, you have heard me talk about Fred over and over, probably more than he has. I don't let him know whenever I talk about him because I know he won't listen. (laughs) So I just want to give a standing ovation and a huge round of applause as I bring to you all the way from the country of Haiti, Fred Antoine. Fred, I want to welcome you today and I'm so glad that you agreed to come in and be one of our very first guests. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Fred, by the time everybody sees this, your birthday is going to be passed. So yep. I didn't know if do you want to go ahead and give them an address to mail gift cards to.
1: 263 <laughs> person. <laughs> <I'm just kidding.
0: laughs> He's given the address. You can reach out to us on the website. You have had such a huge couple of weeks, right? right. So you got burned out of your house. Right. You graduated from high school. Right. And now you've got your 19th birthday coming up. That's right. All in the matter of three weeks. Yep. Absolutely incredible. So to, uh, take this opportunity to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Love Him, Love Them.
1: Um, my name is Fred Antoine. Um, I was born in Haiti, and wow. I came here when I was 15 years old, and um, I've been living with mom and dad since then.
0: Wow. is there? Can you think of a better place to be?
1: Nope. So, are you sure? No, not okay. really.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get that in writing. Yeah hundred really percent. And also you've got so you just graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And the first question everybody always has is what are you going to do now?
1: Um, the plan right now is to do college, right. um, study business and also be a part of the basketball team. My name College. That's the plan.
0: Right. So you are in the process of filling out your NCAA paperwork. Right? right. How that's cool right. is that for yeah. all the girls out there? He's already been told. Just in the since he walked into the studio, he should be a model. So we don't want to build his head up too much. But yeah, what about that coming from the country of Haiti? Which is basketball big in Haiti?
1: Not really. We are a country. Um, everybody plays soccer, and yeah. I, I say one percent of the population plays basketball. So right. Yeah,
0: I do remember that guy we met at Emmanuel. I think his name was Donaldson. I know his name is Donaldson. Uh, we did build in Saint Mark. We built a basketball goal there, but uh, that's because he came to America and played. But I do know, and you know, the other thing is too—they don't even call soccer soccer in Haiti. No, do they?
1: call it football,
0: right? Which makes so much sense because you play it with your
1: with your foot, with, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's different.
0: <laughs> a little confusing about why they call football football in America. Yeah. So I, I'm <laughs> going to show you a picture that I think is going to mess you up, which Mr. David uh, said the other day he saw you sitting at the table looking exactly like this, and he wanted to find this picture. But do you remember this picture?
1: I don't. I don't even think that's to me, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: You don't think it's you?
1: No, I, I don't remember that. Yeah,
0: question. I think we could do DNA testing and photo imaging and need some chapstick over there. You need some chapstick. Yep. So I'm pretty sure this is from the very first trip that we made to Haiti when I very first met you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how old you were when you and I first met?
1: 10 is my guess.
0: Seven. Wow. Yes, because it was Christmas of the year 2011. I had to do the math today and use a calculator. So 23 minus 2000, you were seven years old. Wow! Isn't that crazy? So I have known you more than I haven't known you for your life. So you made it somehow. Somebody found this picture, and you made it on one of the covers of our folder. Uh, But when you look at that now, don't you think it looks a little bit like Samuel or Chloe? Yeah, Samuel. Samuel. So that's the proof that we now know yep. that it is exactly you. So do you have any <clears throat> recollection of the very first trip that when you first met Mommy Linda, tell me about when you, the, or at least when you, the first time you remember meeting Mommy Linda. Well,
1: I didn't, I didn't speak English back then <laughs> and it was hard to communicate with um, Americans. And I, I do remember one time, I think we were coming back from Gala Chambon and then we were in the bus yeah, and I think you showed me play the drums the first like the first time. And you were asking me, how did you know how to play the drums? And my answer was like, yes, yes, yes. That's the only <laughs> that's the only word I knew in English. I kept saying yes, yes, yes. And she was like, oh, I don't think you understand what I'm saying.
0: It's kind of like Miss Barber. She doesn't yeah. know what people are saying, but she always says yes.
1: But I think that I, that's that's the uh, interaction I remember when you first came to Haiti. And I just remember um, going to places and just share the gospel and just give people gifts and stuff for Christmas.
0: Wow. So, that's so funny because I guess I feel like you've always spoken English. How because by the time you came to America and it was two, did you come in 2017?
1: 19 September. Oh, 2019. It was, it was fall 2019.
0: Wow. So 2021, 22, 23. So you've been here four years. Yep. So, but when you came in 2019, so how did you, how did you learn the English between the time you were seven and the time you came here?
1: <clears throat> I really don't know how I learned the language. I think it's because of the interaction I have with different Americans over time, and like come then come into Haiti. And I mean, I, I do watch a lot. I used to watch a lot of YouTube videos. YouTube, and, I
0: remember yeah, you I remember telling that. me that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would watch YouTube videos every single day, and all the videos were in English. So.
0: Was your desire to learn the English so you could come to America, or you know, did you just want to know what we were all talking about whenever we came over there?
1: Just know what we were talking <laughs> about. I, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. But my dad wanted me to learn English, oh, yeah. but I, I was like, whatever. But. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever. What does he know, right? Yeah, what does he know?
0: Yeah, so speaking of your dad, maybe we should let everybody know that your father is the head of the entire ministry that we have in the country of Haiti, right? So Pastor Maxo is what we call him. What do you call him? Dad. Dad. Pastor Maxo. Dad. Papi. But dad's not a a word in Creole, is it?
1: No. I used to call him Papi, but now I call him Dad.
0: Because you're an American now, an American, yeah. Right? I you think you're an American, anyways. I'm not right? American, yeah. <laughs> not yet, not but we're yet. working on that. Yeah. So when, uh, so pastor, so how? First of all, let's talk about that for a second. How in the world does it feel to be a pastor's son? You know, Mr. David was a pastor's son too. Or I is. I used,
1: I used to hate it to be yeah. honest because I mean I, I think I was ashamed of it because oh. yeah I know because in school I didn't I didn't want anybody to know I was a pastor's kid because I would I would treat differently from everybody oh, else. So Treated I,
0: differently better <clears> or differently uh, bad? just
1: just making fun of me I guess oh, wow. and I don't think any of my friends now do know I'm a pastor kid but the
0: the I, American kids
1: no the Asian kids like the Haitian yeah kids? Uh, yeah but I mean I'm I, I view it differently now I mean I don't care if I, if I say I'm a pastor kid now because I know who I am now so
0: right you have your identity yeah in who you are so you know so it just doesn't matter yeah so what we did you decide to come to the United States or did your daddy decide that you my were dad, coming? My your dad. dad decided. So yeah. did you fight him on that when he said, "Hey, we're your boy boy you going to the US?" Or no,
1: I just I mean, I thought it was a good idea, but yeah, I was I mean, I was excited.
0: Cuz you were the there's how many kids are there? There's you, Alicia, Samuel, Chloe. There's four, four of you, right? Four. And you were the first one that came, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, what was that like? cuz how old were you in 2019? I was 15. 15 years old. I
1: was 15 years old.
0: So leaving yeah. your whole family, your I mean, were you freaked out about that or were you like, oh, this is going to be super cool? Um
1: it's it's a weird thing, but I just I I was just just excited to get out of the country. I just right. I just felt like I needed a different pace. You just need to just you know grow and um I mean, a lot of people were asking me if I'm sad or miss my. I don't miss them, but I'm also excited like where I am now. So,
0: when you came to America, was I can't remember the time frame. Was Haiti in a hot mess then? Was it that was, befo- it
1: was It was not as bad as is it now, but it was still like rough because we we're going back and forth to school. Sometimes we would go for a weekend and we stay home for another week. So it was not as bad, but it was still it was still
0: bad. But you were. Were you in America or were you in Haiti when the president was assassinated? I was in America. You were in America. So now, how does that feel? If you're in America, but people that you love are still in Haiti and you know what they're going through, how, how does somebody? How, how do you deal with that? How do you? T- well, I mean, I mean, I, f- I feel the same way. How? How do we deal with the fact that we know we're safe, we're secure? Yeah. Of course, our house just burned down, so right. that didn't feel very safe. Yeah. <laughs> In most aspects we're safe. Um, how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the fact there's not a thing you can do about what's going on with your family there? Um,
1: I mean there is one thing you can do is pray. Um hmm. but you know, there's
0: That's actually the only thing you there's
1: can there's only thing you can there's not any physical thing you can do. I mean, well you're gonna just kill the gangs, there's nothing you can really do. Right. But it's just pray and just trust God.
0: Right. Puts it to a whole nother level, doesn't it? I think a lot of people in America, unless they've gone through a huge tragedy, and sometimes when people in America discuss discuss their tragedies, you know, I I didn't get the right salad dressing. (laughs) Starbucks is out of my drink. Um, Sometimes when you hear the the struggles of people, well, I'm going to give an example. We're going to talk about the fire uh, because you were a part of that. But the other day, uh, I don't know if you remember this, we were riding down the road and I said, you said, you know, Mommy Linda, what are we going to do? And are we going to rebuild? And I was like, Fred, you don't seem to understand. If we rebuild, it's going to take us like 12 to 18 months. Right. And do you remember your response back to me? I do. I do. Tell them what you said.
1: Um, we're in Haiti. It's going to take five years to build a house. <laughs> right. And if you look at the difference between five years and like a year and a half or nine months, I mean, that's a, that's what a is huge, that's a big, big stupid difference. stupid deal, right? Yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah. So.
0: It's so funny how different perspectives yep. make everything. And you are so good about I know you don't listen to the shows, but I talk about Sometimes. you all the time because you are so good at giving me a different perspective and a different way of looking at things. You're an extremely wise young man. Thank you. Um, again, you'll be 19 by the time this airs. But you speak sometimes to me with the wisdom of a 29, well, I'm 24, so I would say like a 29, 39-year-old. So I I do want to talk to you a little bit about Love Him, Love Them, because you are 19, or you will be, and you are very involved with Love Him, Love Them. And I just would love for other teenagers to see um, how it feels to be so involved in a ministry, how it feels to volunteer. I'm curious to know with everything that we do with Love Him, Love Them here in America and in Haiti... What is your most favorite event that we do during the year, and, and why is that your favorite?
1: Um, they're all fun, I would say, but I think my favorite is Night of Hope.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Okay, so tell everybody a little bit about what Night of Hope is and what we do, and why is that your favorite?
1: So Night of Hope is a night where we just set apart to celebrate or, yeah, celebrate kids who have their parents incarcerated. Mm. So it's really fun, and just having, you know, hang out with people who just, you know, going through stuff and just show the guys' love with them.
0: So right. So we provide them with their Christmas gifts. We go to the jails. We find out who has the, the inmates' kids and then we bring in the guardian families. And then, um, so I can't, I remember one year you did the sound. What do you, yeah, what do you yeah, mostly yeah. do? At, what part do you play at the Night of Hope? Um, I'm sure it's different I, every I, year. I
1: mean, I do different things every year. and <laughs>
0: Pretty yeah. much whatever Mama Linda tells Yeah, you to do. <laughs>
1: whatever she asked me to do. But I do like hanging out with Your people. phone
0: gets blown up yeah. that week, doesn't it?
1: Just hanging out with people and just handing gifts and what else? We serve food also.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what you get sent to Walmart a lot, don't a you? Lot, yeah. Or, or Dollar General for yes. whatever we're missing. Yes, yeah. yes. You are kind of like my right arm. Right. Or
1: left arm. You can arm. say that. Yeah. Well, I do. I, I mean, I love everything that I do at uh, Night of Hope, so everything is just fun to
0: me. Yeah. So, and that does seem to be, we have a lot of youth groups that come in. That does seem to be a thing that teenage. I think for one, one reason teenagers seem to like to do that so much is they see other kids who have a jacked up life because mm-hmm. their parents are in prison. And usually the teenagers are getting iPads and Nikes and or whatever's popular now. I'm probably saying the wrong brand. And then for you to see that giving another child, just a small gift brings a smile to their face. I think that's what sort of makes it so cool for teenagers. And also
1: makes you excited for Christmas, too, because I think Christmas is my favorite time of the year. So.
0: Yeah, that is, that's pretty cool. So so you would recommend for other teens Absolutely. to get involved? In, because that is where our joy comes from, is helping other people. Right. Um, so we got a lot of stuff in Haiti, too. Um, and you've grown up a lot since you've come from Haiti. I'm just wondering, what do you think, out of all of the things that we do in Haiti, what do you think is the biggest impact that Love Him, Love Them has made or is making in the country of Haiti?
1: Oh, wow, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think everything, but I would say is um, the schools. Yeah, because education is a big problem in Haiti, and a lot of kids either they don't have the equipments or the uniforms to go to school, or if they, or they live too far to go to school. So having a school, you know, close to everything, and you can come to school. I mean, that's that's a big that's a big blessing for the country.
0: Right. I think you're exactly right. I remember, because a lot of kids aren't able to go, it kind of blows my mind that in America, you can go to school for free, like in the public schools, but in Haiti, everybody has to pay, Yeah, which just seems so backwards Right. because there's people in America that have money that are sending their kids to school for free, and then there's people in Haiti that don't have money that can't.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but I think the schools and the hospitals are definitely...
0: Yeah, I love the hospital. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's pretty cool to walk walk in there and think. Plus, it's kind of cool to say I got a hospital. And there is very few hospitals in Haiti. Yeah. I don't remember if it was you or somebody else that came over from Haiti, but I remember them saying, Mommy Linda, when you said you were going to open a hospital in Haiti, I thought you were crazy because nobody's ever opened a hospital in Haiti since (laughs) I've been alive. It's just all the same hospitals there. So before our time runs out, I definitely want you to share with everybody, as a Haitian, who knows that burning... The, right now, that's what the gangs are doing in Haiti. Is they're burning down houses. They're burning down houses with people in them. And then here we are in America, living on the lake, living the life, right? Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> and three weeks ago, um, our personal home, your home, we stood there together Not in our driveway and watched it burn to the ground. I just want you to talk a little bit about that. About you know how did it feel to stand there and watch everything? I mean, and for you it was even more important your passport, your visa, all your paper, your life. Right. Was um, there?
1: It was. It was sad. I think. I think the, the saddest part about it is just you know watching your home burn down and and the way it was burning down. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I think that's that's the most devastating devastating thing to look at, but. I mean, it was it was hard for a couple of weeks, um, but you know, we just have to learn in choice guy, You know, everything you know happens and is you know will. So, it's you and really I
0: you and I have had some pretty deep conversations about this though. Yes. Um. Because since and it's only been three weeks. Yeah. It's Three weeks ago, Saturday that the house burned down. So we lived in a hotel for two weeks. We. Yeah we're blessed with this amazing house that we're now in, but we kind of don't feel like it's really our house yet. Right. It's sort of weird. And yeah. It? yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know if I'm allowed to put my foot on the floor or right. not. But uh, the other day when we were going to get your driver's license um, replaced for the second time, oh. and we were talking about um, Mr. David's friend whose daughter passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about Two other uh, families that we know were in divorce. We were talking about Mr. Bruce, who had just found out his wife was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you then, as, after we were talking about those things, do you remember what you said about the fire?
1: Yes. If I, if I put it in a nutshell, what I, what I said was, um, I would rather have a house burn down than dealing with those things. Right. Because, s- yeah, it's, I mean, if you if you hearing what people are going through, I mean, if you put the fire in some stuff people are going through, i have the fire.
0: All right. You so. said your actual words were, Mommy Linda, your house burning down and losing everything really isn't that big of it's a deal. It's really not big a deal. Yeah. And so God really, the same way God uses you to put, help me put things into perspective, God used that huge tragedy to help you put things into perspective. Right. Because we say it all the time, our joy does not come... From our circumstances, or from the things that we have, yeah. and I think that we've really, really walked through that in this last couple of weeks. Um, just doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's hard to understand, but it's those things are replaceable, right? You know, house you can you can replace a house like that, but I mean, a person, yeah, you can't,
0: right? So. So it even shows that we have to have even bigger faith. Everybody's problem is their own. But no matter what, no matter what fire people are walking through, whether it's a physical fire or a, a health fire or a relationship fire, really, it's kind of like you said about Haiti, the only thing we can do. Let's pray. And isn't it funny how we say it's the only thing we can do, but really and truly it's the most powerful thing we can do.
1: Yeah. Right. And we do un- underestimate it to when we don't do it.
0: Yeah. And John fifteen says, if you remain in me and my word remains in you, you can ask anything, and God will do it. So, you're dream—you're going to be starting college. You're going to be playing basketball. You're an amazing drummer. Uh, you have the—you can probably walk on the soccer team. Just—I mean, just cause you Haitian and you know how to kick that ball. <laughs> so, um, once you get into college, I know your big big dream is to go to UGA um, and then graduate in business. Do you have any thoughts or plans of ways that you could then help Haiti?
1: Oh yeah. Um, that's funny because I remember when I was in Haiti I had a I had a Pinterest board about all the things I want to put in Haiti. One of them were um was it I think an Urban Place and like Trampoline Park or stuff like that. Oh
0: Trampoline Park. Oh yeah. Oh I love but, that.
1: Um, Yes, Haiti will always be in my heart. I will do anything to help Haiti, whether whether it's schools, hospitals, again, and with different departments. Um, But Haiti will always be in my heart.
0: What do you think the number one thing is that Haiti needs right now?
1: The number one thing? Number one thing. Prayer. Prayer. Prayer.
0: Right. Yeah, so. And prayer for what?
1: Prayer for... um, just the government because, I mean, the government is over Haiti, and a lot of decisions that people are made with the government affects everybody. So wisdom for the government or, Mm -hmm. yeah, so
0: people in the government. Now I'm just going to ask you a little something, something. Do you think that the government in America needs any prayer?
1: Every government needs prayer.
0: (laughs) That's a very, very, very good answer. So I am so excited to think that, have you ever thought about how insane it is that God made our paths cross when you were seven years old in 2011. I mean, did you ever, when you look at this picture and you think, do you think that little boy had any idea ever that a crazy white lady that came to Haiti uh, was going to, that you were going to end up living with me in America? I mean, have you ever thought through that, how crazy that is?
1: No, nope. nope. it is crazy. But, it, you know, it's God's plan.
0: Yeah. God's plan. God's plan. Do you feel like it is easier to be a Christian that follows what the word of God says in the country of Haiti? Or do you feel like it's easier to be a Christian and follow the word of God in America?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I would say Haiti. I would say Haiti. I think Haiti just challenges your faith even more because it's, I mean, everywhere you look at it's just like, okay, I mean, there is a reason to be thankful. There's a reason to be grateful because, I mean, if you, I hate to be that person, but if you look at all these people's stuff and you look at all your stuff, and it's just like, there's a reason to be grateful. And if you live in Haiti, you know, you know what I'm talking about, how the country is just, I mean, trust everywhere, and there's a reason to be grateful.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you ever met anyone in America that takes their relationship with Jesus as serious? As your own family does in the country of Haiti? Yes. Here you have? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that really surprises she's
1: me. She's sitting right next to
0: me. <laughs> okay, well, I would never in a million years put myself on that same scale because I think often about your mom mm-hmm. and about the way that she prayed for you, uh, the, the stories that you've shared about. And moms, I don't know if, you've, if you have done this, but if you look at the, the results of a praying mom sitting right here beside me, I can remember you saying that you would wake up sometimes at two o'clock. Tell tell what happens sometimes when you'd wake up in the morning. Oh, man, I used to hate that,
1: but <laughs> it, it's it's really annoying. But I'm, I'm thankful for those prayers now. But she she will like come in in my room like two a.m. in the morning, or you can like actually hear her upstairs praying. I mean, she's like every why everybody's sleeping. She's just as loud as she possibly can praying and. You know, I didn't I didn't really know the importance of prayer back then because I I mean I was just living the dream being a kid. Right. So I mean now thinking about it, I'm just I'm just thankful for those prayers.
0: Yeah. Your mom is the most incredible prayer warrior. I have ever met in my entire life. And she's bold about oh, it yes, too, she right? Is. Oh, my goodness. We've yes. been in several of the orphanages together sometimes and uh, literally just living out what the Bible says about casting out demons and the Holy Spirit. And, and you'll say, Mommy Ann, I need you to come pray. I'm ready. <laughs> right? And she's like, if I'm a demon, I'm just getting as far away from her as yep. I possibly can. Yep. So what is the, uh, the most impactful thing that you could share with our audience today about ways they could get involved with love Him, love them or just I mean you've been in, you've been with us from the beginning. You, you live with the founders of the of the ministry. Uh, let me ask you this what do you think is the worst thing about love Him, love them or something that you would caution people on? What, tell us the worst thing about our ministry and the best thing about our ministry?
1: Okay, the worst thing is also the best thing. I think there's always something to do <laughs> there's there's always something to do I think that's the best thing and the <laughs> worst thing because you're always busy there's always I mean there's always something to do right but um I mean there's a lot of ways you can get involved with love and love them whatever is um not of hope there's thanksgiving mm-hmm. um what else shoes there's shoes I mean there's a you can name it there's a bunch of stuff you can be involved in but the good thing about it, all of them are fun, and you're gonna be around people who just joyful all the time and share the gospel, and you just you just leave life with people full of joy.
0: So. Yeah. Um. Did you ever in a million years think that you would be, that you would be on everybody's text list oh, no. at, here in America? Yeah. So you've got friends from age 24 all the way up to 82, right? I think about Paul Crawford, and oh. I think about all the guys you meet with on Saturday yeah. mornings, uh, all the wisdom that gets poured into you. So I just want to thank you so much for taking time. I know for a teenage guy, there's tons of other things you'd rather be doing in your summertime than coming in here and talking with Mommy Linda. But I I just want you to know how much we love you, how amazing it is for us to have you in our home, how grateful we are for you, and how impactful it is to be able to have the leader of our ministry in Haiti right here with us. You are an inspiration to me. Your walk with the Lord is so powerful. Your faith is so steady, and I, I consider it an honor. I'm gonna tell you. You know, I didn't want you, right? Wow,
1: <laughs> that's that's a good way to finish. I don't the show know if right you. There. Well,
0: I I don't know if you remember, but whenever your dad first came, you were supposed to be living somewhere else. I remember that. Do you remember that? And we sat down at the dining room table, and your dad said. Uh, I have uh Fued would be staying, but he would be staying with you. Do you remember, do you remember that? I don't. And I was leaving I was still
1: young, so I was just I was just happy to be in the United States. Yeah. So we, I, didn't, I didn't worry about anything. I just yeah.
0: We were not happy to have another kid because we were leaving the next day on our on our anniversary cruise and I said, no, 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 we can't he can't stay with us. And and Pastor Mike So left and said, yes he can. So I just want to challenge you today. There may be something that God wants you to do that you don't want to do. You better step in and step up and be obedient because God has a plan for all of us to love Him and love them. And I would have missed out on so many amazing things if Fred had not become a part of our family. Thank you so much for listening.